If we haven't met yet, my name's Nate. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Church, and uh, we're in the week two of our um, kind of brand new series called Lucha. And so you might be thinking, what in the world is that thing behind him? It's, it's a lucha, lucha mask. It's a wrestler mask, okay? And uh, if you've seen, what's that movie? I can't remember the movie. What? Nacho Libre. They, they, they wear these masks, okay? And they, they do this lucha thing, okay? So lucha in Spanish actually means wrestler or los, los luchadores. And the wrestle or la lucha that we will be referring to is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. This is a springboard for our whole series, which says... For we do not wrestle, that's wrestle, I would say wrestle. If you're from the south or maybe West Virginia, you say wrestle. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but we do not wrestle. Everybody say, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That's people. People are never the problem. So to all the, to all the wrestlers, los luchadores and las luchadoras, okay, Women, male and female wrestlers, there is a wrestle, but it's not against people. People are never the problem. It's not against flesh and blood. Come on now. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Where? Where are they, everybody? In heavenly places or higher places, some translations say. Everybody say heavenly places. So we're doing a wrestle, but it's not an earthly wrestle. It's a heavenly place wrestle. Last week, we talked about the four dynamics of the kingdom of heaven. Anybody enjoy that last week? Come on. We, we talked about heaven's yeah, yeah, kingdom culture. We talked about heaven's kingdom culture, which is made up of a lot of things, language and background and history and heritage and all those things. Heaven's citizenship. Come on. We are citizens of a kingdom of heaven. Uh, and heaven's taxation. Come on. We talked about tithes. Heaven's military, and that's where we landed last week, heaven's military. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, has a military. We refer to them as angelic hosts or angels. And angels are real agents of activity and power in everyday real life here on earth and in heaven. And uh, they have the capacity to bring real success to real people here on earth, angels. God's messengers. All throughout the Bible, you will see angels coming from heaven to earth with good news or, or, or intentional messages or maybe just impossible things that couldn't be done unless heaven moved them. Like stones that won't roll away or uh, a plague, uh, like a plague of death or somebody just coming and wiping out a whole firstborn generation. I mean, we see angels doing different things with different assignments. And for the most part, their great abilities and accessible power goes unused and untapped by us in our everyday lives. I mean, most of us don't think about angels that often. And if you do, you're probably one of those, you know, angel people who sees an angel every Thursday. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't see angels very often or at all. So, but, and it's not to bash anybody or to hurt anybody. I'm just saying, like, there's like this, you know, let's, let's keep it real on earth, right? But God said, I want you to pray every day for my kingdom to come and, and my will to be done on earth like it really is in heaven. He's like, keep it real, but keep it really like heaven on earth, heaven to earth. So our goal in this series is really to awaken that reality and shift your prayer life. This is a, a prayer series, actually. And shift your effectiveness to the war in the supernatural with the word of God. Anybody want to go to war with the word of God in your life? Come on. But 
I don't want to just get into angels and what they look like and how, what color are they and how many feathers do they have and do they glow in the dark. And I think I saw one one time. That's not what we're going to do here. We're not going to share our angel stories. We're, I'm trying to describe to you the dynamics of the worlds that God created, how they operate, how they come into conflict with one another, and how angels are there to aid you in the wrestle. You are los luchadores, but they are the wrestlers. And last time we, we said, free the fighters. Loose las luchadores. And it wasn't you, it was your angels, okay? But if it's your role to assign and assist them to, by the word of God. So you're not the wrestler, but you're to assign and assist the wrestlers. That's why we're calling this one assign and assist. If you're taking notes this morning, assign and assist. Assign and assist los luchadores. My goal is to maybe at times not even mention angels, but to encompass this whole concept of how the visible and the invisible world interplay. And if you don't believe in the invisible world, I mean, so many things are in your visible world that are invisible, that are always in play. You believe in them hardcore. Let's just go with me for a minute, okay? So, sometimes what's going on in life, there are things happening that you might not even be privy to just because you can't see it. But just because I can't see it doesn't mean it's not real, aka my next breath. <gasps> can't see it, but it's real. Are you with me? And, and today we're going to start, you can't see this, but, but it works every time. Today we're going to start in Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. Are you ready? Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. To give you a little context, Daniel is in ex exile in Persia. He has actually been a child slave, stolen from his family. He's a Hebrew, and the Hebrews have been defeated by the Persian empires, kicked out of their homeland, and then some kids were, were trafficked to Persia to be a, the best and the brightest to be at the king's service. Daniel stays true to God through all of this, and God favors him in every kingdom he goes through. I mean, he lasts longer than the kings do in their kingdoms. He has a gift of interpretation from God, and his gift makes room for him. I want you to know you are gifted, and not just because you grew up and you learned some skills and you learned a few things from your parents and got some natural capacity. You are gifted by God to do the incredible on the earth today. You have been gifted, okay, anointed and appointed. And his gift is to interpret dreams, and he interprets these dreams, and it takes him all the way in front of kings. Remember, the Bible promises that your gift will make room for you and take you before mighty men. So, in the environment that he was called to, his gift made room for him. And in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel has an encounter with an angel, believe it or not, a real live angel, that really speaks of what I want to teach today. It says this, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. So again, a lot of angels bring messages, and then there's, there's different things that happen. We're going to see some angel dynamics here. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. That's three weeks of mourning, which is like crying out to God in desperation, wanting to see something. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine, which he usually did, so... Have a glass on me. There you go. Who came into my mouth. No wine came into my mouth for three weeks. So all the other weeks they had wine, okay? Nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Are you with me? Everybody say cheers. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great Tigris River, I lifted my eyes and I looked. And behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Uphaz, his body was like barrel. That's what they say about me. Your body's like a barrel. Yes. I got my dad bod on, and I've heard that before. It just look like you got that barrel coming in, right? Real nice. How many of you guys got the barrel bod? 
All right, so it looks familiar. I don't know what barrel is, but I'm sure it's really good and significant for something, okay? His body was like a barrel. No, no, like barrel. It's a different thing. His face like the appearance of lightning. His eyes like torches of fire. His arms and feet like burnished bronze in color. And the sound of his words were like the voice of a multitude. When I speak, you just hear one person. It's like, ah, like so many different things all at once, like a unison. And, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision because I'm so big and important. No, no, that's not the point of what he's saying. He's saying, I saw something nobody else saw that was with me. They did not see the vision, but great terror fell upon them. Like you see with every encounter, the first thing they usually show up is say, do not be afraid. Because <laughs> people are like shaking and passing out and terrified. And so, so, so if you saw an angel, you'd probably, wow, oh my gosh, it'd be a little bit spooky. I don't know. <laughs> great terror fell upon them, so they fled to, to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me. For my vigor was turned into frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet, it's a lot of Bible reading. If you haven't read your Bible this week, we're doing it right now. I'm just kidding. Yet, I heard the sound of his words. You guys need to loosen up. I'm just having fun. The barrel and the Bible reading and the fun. I'm just, we're just having fun. Yet, I heard the sounds of his words were like a multitude. And, and while I heard that sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face. Oh, his face and a vision, and I'm on my face to the ground. Suddenly, a hand touched me which made me tremble on my knees in the palms of my hands. See, I'm amazed, again, at people who say, see angels every Thursday. You probably haven't seen one of these things and kept your bowels intact, okay? I mean, I'm just saying it. Because they're big, they're bad, they're real, and they're, they're, their eyes are like serious. And, you know. and he said to me, oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, okay? So I speak to you, okay? And stand upright, for I have been sent to you while he was speaking this word to me i stood trembling then he said to me do not fear daniel for from the first day you set your heart to understand and you humbled yourself before your god your words were heard somebody say my words were heard the day you prayed god heard you this is very important why do you have to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray? No, no, no. The day, the first time you said it, God heard you. And Psalms 103 says, Bless the Lord, O you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. I didn't say heeding his voice. I said heeding the voice, whoever speaks his word. They didn't just heed the voice of God alone. They heed the word of God spoken through his people. From the first time you said it, he heard it, and he heeded it. <laughs> I don't know how to say that word. He headed it. I don't know. Heeded. He heeded the word. That's why we want to pray the word. Everybody say, pray the word. That's why we want to speak the word. Speak the word. Verse 12 again. From the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come. Listen to this. I have come because of, just look at that one word right there. Your words. I am here. In all my brilliance, on a mission because of your words that aligned with God's words. But, again, here's the wrestle. You guys ready for the wrestle? But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And this prince is not a fleshly, earthly, flesh and blood prince. This is a spiritual prince. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, again, 
Michael's an archangel. You see him all throughout the Bible. When God really wants to get something done, he gets Michael involved, okay? Michael is the man. He's one of the chief archangels. Michael had to come and help me, this, this other kind of angel, because I had an assignment from you. See, see, I'm specifically assigned to you for whenever you speak your words that align with God's words, I come to you. But I couldn't get through the Prince of Persia, so Michael had to come and kick some keister with me. So he came to help me. I got in such conflict trying to deliver God's answer from your prayer that God had released Michael to come to my aid. When Michael gets released, it's about to get real. Come on, somebody. Michael is the archangel. He's the man. He's bad, bad. Michael Mann, okay? We're going to learn about Michael later. But in other words, I was in a wrestle that was so intense trying to get your prayer answered according to your word, Daniel, that God had to send other angels to come and help me. You might be like, this is crazy. I don't believe any of this. Let's just keep reading. He withstood me 21 days while you were praying and starving. Really quick, how long is 21 days? Three weeks. You were starving, not drinking anything good, just ah, crying out to God for 21 days. But he heard you the moment you spoke that word. So I was wrestling against not flesh and blood, powers, principalities, rulers of darkness, rulers of this age, and he withstood me for exactly how long I've not been here. And Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. And he's not talking about physical kings. This is an angel talking. And he says, I was fighting things that you can't see, trying to get you something that you can't see. I was fighting something that you can't see, trying to get you an answer that you can't see. Remember last week we, we looked at Colossians 1.16, which said, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth. Stuff that you can't see. And stuff that you can't see. Okay, he covered it right there. Visible and invisible. And then he goes on to explain it. Thrones, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers. All things were created through him and for him. Because God created everything that can be seen. And God created another world that cannot be seen. There are two worlds. One is temporal, one is eternal. God created them both. And there is conflict between the two. In the invisible world, there's a realm called the angelic realm. You can't see it, but it is real. They do not get personally or emotionally involved in what happens on earth because the Bible says that nothing about them having a soul. They are pure spirit beings. They are not soulish creatures. Pure spirit means you don't have a soul. I have feelings towards you because of my soul, not because of my spirit. I have compassion because of my soul. I have empathy. I have passion. I get excited. I get hatred. I get anger. All those are soulish qualities. The Bible doesn't say anything about angels having a soul. They don't really have a dog in a fight. They just go on assignment purely spirit, purely invisible. And the fact that demons want to argue with Michael, or the archangel, so Michael the archangel, he, he gets in a little wrestle with some demons, which are just fallen angels. And they want the bones of Moses, and they're all hyped up about the bones of Moses. And the Bible says he didn't bring an accusation. Michael's like, I don't even care what you say to me. I'm not going to argue with you, demons, other angels. I don't have an opinion about these bones. I don't, I'm not emotionally attached to these bones. He just said, the Lord rebuke you. He just brought the name of his Lord into it and took the bones and moved on with his assignment because he was on assignment from God. 
There was an assignment on Moses' bones from the enemy, and the angel had no personal compassion on the bones or no personal liking towards them. He was just there to do his job. And what you got to understand is that angels are there to do their job. But if they're not given an assignment, and if you don't assist them in speaking the word, they never have a job to do. They're oftentimes, most of the time, waiting on you, waiting on me to speak our word. No, no, no. Speak his word over our situation. So we know that God created two worlds. We know there's a visible and an invisible. In the invisible world, I realize um, there's a group of angels that are holy. And then we realize there's a group of angels that are evil. Because Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14 describe this rebellion in heaven. You can go ahead and check these verses out. And Satan, an angel, fell like lightning. And a third of heaven fell with him. Okay? Satan, the angel, fell like lightning. And a third of heaven took off. It was the first church split. It was the first split. First, anywhere there's division, it's usually demonic. Also, another tall tale sign of, de of demonic is confusion. So if you're confused or divided, you're probably under the influence of something. So now, in the world that I can't see, there are two groups of beings. Are you catching it? There's the angelic host and there's demonic host. One group is wrestling for me, and the other are wrestling against me. That's why there's a wrestle, because one is for me and delivering things, and the other is against me, preventing things. To prove to me that my God isn't good. To prove to me that my God can't hear me. To prove to me. They're trying to intervene and block and stop everything that your prayers work. To prove to you that, that God isn't really who he says he is, and you should not trust him. It's kind of like the biggest play since the garden. Is God really that good? If he was that good, wouldn't he answer your prayers right when you said them? And so they're wrestling against, and the other force is wrestling for. The reason we feel so defeated is because the ones that are wrestling against you have free range. They oftentimes don't get addressed. Or they don't get bound. We, we are told to bind the strong man, bind those things of the enemy, because you never engaged or commissioned the ones that are wrestling for you. I know you feel like a crazy person when you do, but honestly, these ones go unchecked, and the ones that are on assignment only from the Word of God never get assigned. And that really slows things down in your life. And most people don't starve themselves for three weeks. And most people don't stop drinking wine for three weeks. And most people don't stop doing their regular life, just crying out to God and battling in the spiritual realm like Daniel did. I mean, when's the last time you took a three-week bender towards Jesus? You know what I mean? Just going all out, like, ah, not eating. Just going after, like, a crazy person. Doesn't happen that often. The ones that are wrestling for you are undefeated, and they do not lose if they're on assignment. And they have your prayer assistance. But if you don't know how to mobilize them, they can't operate on your behalf. I don't know. Is anybody getting this this morning? Is this helping anybody? I don't want to be talking about something that doesn't help you in real life. And you see, like, this is all this, this weird out there stuff. No, no, this real life application here. That really changes the way you perceive the worlds that God created. 2 Corinthians 4. I want you to catch this because this is the heart of the matter we're talking about. Therefore, we do not lose heart as believers. As the ones who pray God's word into the atmosphere. Even though our outward man is perishing day by day. Our inward man is being renewed day by day. Hey, look at that. On the daily. That was last series, right? Our, our inward man is being renewed day by day. If you, if you believe that, say yes. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, 
you don't realize it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That's good. Verse 18. While we do not look, here it is, at the things which are visible, which are things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen, at the things which are invisible. Did you catch the contradiction? Did you catch the contradiction? I mean, this guy is talking circles around my brain. Don't look at what you can look at. Instead, look right at what you can't see. Don't look at what you can look at. Look straight at what you can't look at at all. For the things which are seen, continues in the verse, are temporary. But the things which are not seen are forever. So he said, therefore, we do not lose heart. Because that's what prayer is all about. Just quitting, stopping, giving up. I mean, how many guys have ever prayed a prayer for a while and given up? That means give up, throw in the towel, lose your passion, lose your focus. He said, this is why we don't quit as people of hope. This is why we don't quit as people of joyful anticipation of good things yet to come that have not arrived yet. This is why we get excited and delighted. Because you know why we, we don't quit? Because our focus is different. Our focus isn't at, on the news. Our focus isn't on our position or our condition. The focus isn't on flesh and blood. He's saying, you will quit or you will continue based on your focus. You will see this through or you will stop after one week, after a few days, depending on your focus. The reason you quit is because you focus on the wrong thing. And the people who are always quitting, I can guarantee you, they're never looking at the right things. The people who quit look at the wrong things. The people who always succeed are always looking at the right thing. Like, man, they're just optimists. No, they're looking at the right thing. It's not like we can't see the, the other thing. We just see the other thing that's more real than the other thing. We have to develop an ability as people of hope to ignore discouragement. Are you catching what I'm saying? To ignore negativity. To, to, to silence the haters. Just like step away from all the antagonistic thoughts in our head, our internal clock that says this doesn't work. He said because our outward man is perishing. And the translation says decaying day by day. Our outward man, our normalcy is decaying day by day. That word decaying actually means stressed and weakened day by day. Does anybody relate to this in your real life? I mean, stressed and weakened day by day. And he said, around me, I have pressures and stressors, and they're weighing on my life on every side. He said, don't look at them. What, do you want me to just be a Christian who puts my head in the sand and just is no earthly good? No, 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 no. He's saying, don't look at those things. Now, that's hard for us to hear because that's exactly what we tend to look at as believers because it's hard to, to not pay attention to provision if you're unemployed. It's hard to not pay attention to the fact that your kids are going crazy when you've invested your whole life in them. It is really hard not to pay attention to that blatant fact that you and your husband are fighting even though you're supposed to be happily married and so compatible. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard not to see the thing. It's hard to, to not see that you're a loser when, when, when all, the, all you see is loss and you believe these wrong things. He said, don't look at that. Don't look at it. It's hard to pay attention to anything else when your body's in pain. He's saying, don't look at it. Ignore those things. 
but, but, yeah, but, but I got to feel it. I got, yes, yes, but it's hard not to pay attention to the things you see in front of you. But God said, these are not the things that are real. They're temporary. They're temporal. They're not eternal. They're not real. In the book of Hebrews, it tells us that the things which are seen are actually made from the things that are not seen. So if you want to go to the source, go to the parent source. What started what? The invisible started the visible. That's more real. Parent is more real than the child. Are you catching what I'm saying? The parent realm is more real than the the birth realm. So I have two worlds. An invisible world is a parent world. And everything I can see came out of the world that I can't see. And you may may or may not believe that, but I believe everything that we see in the natural came out of a world that we cannot see. It was spoken. Where did it come from? The word of God. That's where it came from. In the beginning, God spoke and he created the heavens and the earth. The heavens were first. The earth was second. Genesis 1.1. Did you ever say, see the fact that it's not... In the beginning, God created the earth and the heavens. No, no, no. In the beginning, it's the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1-1. Just start fresh. Because that's more real than this. My Bible tells me to fix my eyes totally on the invisible one over this one that is so temporal, so fleeting, so fading. The Bible says the earth in the visible realm is so temporary and the invisible one is so real. And all the creativity that God's put inside of you operates just like this you were created in his image to do exactly what we're talking about in your world every day on earth as it is in heaven so we do not lose heart even though our outward man is being stressed and pressed and are you still with me yet our inner man is being renewed day by day that word renewed means changed into another life source so it was this life source but renewed it's changed into a more powerful life source Another life source. So God takes your light and momentary stress that's external, and your inner man is being renewed on the daily. He changes that affliction coming against you into another form. So whatever's coming against you, he flips it, he changes it into another form, and he allows it to be a life source for you in another way. And all your light and momentary affliction is working for you a far greater weight of glory. So the Bible says what's coming against you, it's temporary. And and that adversity changes into its new life form. It actually becomes glorious. It becomes better than the original. Way better. And what was working against you is all of a sudden working for you. And the things that the enemy intended for evil, God flips them and he turns them for good. Hello, Joseph. And all the attack and all the pressure and all the stressor that you were feeling like, man, I'm not worthy, actually, actually caused you to level up your life. In real life, you were able to be the head and not underwhelmed, but overwhelmed, overcoming, not overwhelmed. You became transformed. And he didn't take it away from you. He, he took you through it. He didn't take the affliction away. He didn't take the, the, the struggle away. He didn't take the wrestle away. He took you through the wrestle. And you're, you start thanking God for the worst things that's ever happened to you. God, I thank you that she broke my heart when I was 18. God, I thank you that that business failed within three months. God, I thank you that you did not let me get into that relationship long term. I thank you that what I wanted, I did not get. And I thank you that you turned that and you flipped that into this healthy marriage that's alive and well today. God, thank you for saving me from myself. 
And you start to be a crazy person saying, oh no, here comes the bad things. Something good's about to happen. Here comes something negative. I'm about to see something powerful and positive come from an awesome God who is transforming and renewing and recreating and doing something that I cannot see. And in faith, you start seeing everything's working for me. Good days are good days, and bad days are best days. You go ahead and write in your notes. I, I tell my team that. I say, you guys know what? Good days are good days, and bad days are best days. Because you're about to see something transform, and when you're in a bad day, it puts you to the test to see what can actually grow, what can actually move, what can actually come out of this. Because good days are just good, but bad days are best. And you get more excited about your bad days than you do your good days. Because bad greatness comes from hard. Greatness comes from what's not normal. Greatness comes from non-smooth. Like, smooth is not equal great. You getting what I'm saying? Definition of glory, so far weighter, far weightier weight of glory. I can't remember the verse, but it says a far more weight of glory. The definition of glory here means that that which has always been, that which will always be, and that which will never change. So he's taking your light and temporary, temporary affliction, and he's transforming it into a far weightier, weightier of glory, right? And he's, glory means something that's always been, will always be, and will never change. So you went through a temporary conflict, but you left with a permanent solution. Are you catching what I'm saying? So God is taking your temporary trial and turning it into a power that can never be taken away from you. So I may have been abused by a kid, as a kid, maybe I was abused as a kid, but what God turned that into was a confidence and a strength that I would never have had I not known what it was like to be the victim of abuse. And now it's, a, it's something you can't take away from me even if you try. I know the value. I know the worth I have. When you find that transformation power, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't question that for a second. And what I have is better than the people who were never beat a day in their life. See, you see it as a disadvantage. God says, I was setting you up for success to help the hurting around you. Anybody here? Anybody here? Temporary trial. He's turning into a power that can never be taken away from you. A blessing that can never be taken away from you. A story that can never be taken away from you. A testimony of God's goodness that could never be taken away from you. An outcome that could never be taken. I know God moved in my life there. I know he saved me from that. I know he delivered me from this. And you can't take that away from me. Can't talk me out of that. See, a light bulb takes electricity and it shifts it into light. An engine takes fuel and it shifts it into movement. A power plant takes water and it turns it into energy. And God says, he takes your affliction. He takes your trouble. He takes your stress. He takes the pressure of your life. And he takes what the enemy thought would weaken you. And he turns it into something eternal that the enemy can never take away from you. What you're going through is going to pass. I promise you. Every trouble is not here to stay. Everything passes. Everything moves. But what you're going to get out of it will never fade away. And what you're going to leave with will never leave your life. For an eternal weight of glory. You will be in heaven speaking of the goodness of God. Based on your one shot on earth. 
as it was in heaven, saying, you cannot take this away. It happened on earth, which is so temporal, but I'm taking it into eternity, which I will never stop saying, this is who Jesus is. This is what he's done for me. This is how good he is. Holy, holy, awesome. Next level is the Lord Almighty, who's worthy of all my praise and glory. There is weight to that reality that can never be taken away from you. So quit whining and start working your reality. Quit complaining and start saying, my God, thank you for conflict. It's an opportunity for promotion. You trust me with this mess? Woo, you're good, God. Because I know you're going to turn this into far outweigh eternal glory. Far outweighing eternal glory. What you're going to get out of it will never fade. Do you believe that? I believe what I went into is temporal and it hurt like hell. But what I'm going to get out of it will never fade away. I'd like to ask you, what if you're undergoing temporary financial problems for a blessing that will never leave? What if you're undergoing a, a temporary infirmity for a healing that nobody could ever talk you out of that happened? What if you're undergoing a temporary depression for a joy unspeakable and full of glory that the world can't give you and the world can't take it away? What if your depression is a pathway to freedom that you could never have found for real unless you knew that was real and now this joy is real and nobody can take it from you? That's what I'm talking about. What if you're going through a momentary chaos because God is about to put a peace in your home that surpasses all understanding and guards your heart and mind? What if you're about to experience peace that never leaves? What if you could just get your eyes off of what's bothering you and understand that God is working that thing for an eternal glory that's bigger than your current gory? I like to say your gory situation, your, your gory, your raw, your real. Your gory is being renewed, transformed day by day, my Bible says, to his glory. You trade your glory for his eternal glory, and nobody can touch it. When the enemy comes, I want to tell you, that is God giving you a promotion. God is trying to bring you something. The, God, the enemy never tries to block or come at you if, he's not, if God is not trying to bring you something. If you're under attack, you're in the right place. When the enemy comes, God is trying to build in you something. He's trying to bring you something. When the enemy comes, God is trying to birth something in you. Tell somebody, I know something. I knew something was going on. I knew something was going on. I didn't know what it was. I didn't see it. I can't, I feel it a little bit, but I don't know what it is. But I knew something was going on. I knew it. I knew God was up to something. I knew God was in that mess. I knew God was doing something bigger than what I could see. So get your eyes off of what you can see and set your eyes on what you can't see. Set your heart. The Bible says, on things above. Weird. It's weird how it just keeps on reaffirming itself. Set your heart. Store up for yourself treasure somewhere else in heaven. Seek first his kingdom that you can't see, and then all these other things will be added to you on earth that, that you can't see. Come on. There's a transfer of power that we can't see. There's something going on. There's a wrestle for that power that we can't see. And there's a far greater weight of glory that you will give up on if you don't see it. Fix your focus. Everybody says, fix your focus. We can't lose heart. We can't give up. There's something eternal that's coming out of this temporal situation. And we will look back and we will say, 
I was glad that I was afflicted. Oh, man, I just dropped a bomb from David. That's David's talking. I was glad that it went wrong. I was glad that it hurt. I was glad that I went through that. It was working better together for me, not against me. I was glad when I was betrayed. One of the best things that ever happened to me was betrayal. It helped me so much in life. I'm glad they said no to me. I'm glad they kept saying no to me. I'm glad I was rejected. I'm glad the deal fell through. I'm glad I'm still single. Some people are like, I'm so sad I'm single. I'm glad you're still single. Worst things can off, the worst things can oftentimes be the best things when you get past your moment. Come on, there's something bigger coming. And God works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 1 Corinthians 2 said, had the rulers of this age known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Now, I want you to catch that. If the rulers and principalities in the darkness would have known what they were doing, they would have never crucified the Lord of transferable power. Transferable, serious power. The enemy should have done everything he could do to keep Jesus off that cross. Why did Jesus even say to his disciples, right before he died, he said, the time has come for me to be glorified. Right now it's temporary. Right now it's so temporal. But it's about to be eternally fixed. Forever. It's t- he said, oh man, his disciples, the time has come for me to be glorified. And you know what glorified is? Go through hell on a cross. The time has come for something temporary to produce something eternal. And if I don't leave, something eternal will never come. And it's actually better for you that I go to that cross and get out of here because something better than me is coming. A better one is coming. And something's going to last forever. It'll be there in 2021 and 2023 and 2027 and 2055. So I'm allowed to give, go to the cross and the grave for a few days. And I'm going to be afflicted. And it's going to be temporary. It's going to feel awful. I'm going to ask the cup to pass from me. Father, if there's any way, I'm really going to go through the struggle. It's going to be hard. I'll be sweating blood. But it is so temporal compared to the far greater weight of glory. Don't you keep gazing at me at this cross. Don't you keep me up on that cross. Because what's really going on is not what's really going on. Because what's really going on here is not what's really going on. Because what you see is not what's really happening. What you see is not what's really in front of you. And if these fools actually knew what they were doing by taking my life, they'd have left me alone and never touched me. They would have actually done everything they could as the enemy to keep me alive forever. Because on the third day, I'm going to get up. And I'm going to raise up a generation with me. And that same resurrection that lives in me and flows through me is going to flow through them. And I'm going to save young and old. And mothers and daughters are going to prophesy. And sons and and, and, and fathers are going to dream dreams. And I'm going to raise up generation after generation. Yes, I'll be temporarily afflicted. But I'm going to turn that into salvation for anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. Somebody shout yes. Wow, 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 wow. He took something so temporal and something so three years fast. And he turned it into something eternal still is working the blood still speaks his name still carries weight he is still the god who saves he is still jehovah rapha your healer he is still jehovah jireh your provider he is still jehovah shalom the god of peace he is still who he says he is and he still does what he says he does because it wasn't temporary it's an eternal fixed fight
There is a wrestle, but it's a fixed fight. And once I get up, you can't undo it. Once the enemy makes this mistake and puts me on that cross and he works, he enters Judas and Judas does his things and he's on the religious guys and they all do their things, he can never take it back. And I'm telling him my game plan right now and he's such an idiot, he still wants to see me die, crash and burn. The devil can't reverse it. The devil can't untie it. Nobody can go back on it. It's eternal. It will not change. It is finished once and for all. Come on, people of hope. You know. There's a lot of reasons I think the devil's a dummy. On Halloween, you want to do some devil bashing? I'm just messing with you guys. <laughs> just t- talking to the religious. Here it is. Uh, you know why the enemy is stupid? Jesus tells his disciples constantly what he was about to do. And the enemy listened, and he never put two and two together. Just to listen to the game plan for a little bit. What a moron. It was right there in the open for years. Publicly talked about, and the enemy was too dumb to listen and just try to keep him alive. Four more years. He was like, come on, four more years. He should have been like, more and more time, more and more time. And he's doing the same dumb thing to this day with your destiny. He's doing the same dumb game plan with your reality. And he's trying to crush you. He said, I came to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to inflict pain on your life. But he's actually initiating a process that will produce a far greater weight of glory. And the enemy is actually working for you, not against you. And he thinks he's going to crush you. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And greater is that resurrection power inside of you than the one that's outside of you. Come on. Stand to your feet and give him a shout of praise. This is real my God is able and he's starting a process somebody say he's starting a process in me and this process will produce a far greater weight of glory shout yes in Jesus name we receive it have a seat and it's not temporal it's eternal and it's not for a moment it's for more than a lifetime You carry this with you into eternity. God created the visible and the invisible. So we have heaven and we have earth. And I'm almost done. But then there's a realm in the middle. This is the last point of teaching. And I know it's long. Are you with me still? There's this thing. Maybe we should wrap it. You guys want to wrap it? We can wrap it. That's a good place. It's 47 minutes, y'all. Let's get, let's get, I'm serious. Maybe at the uh, 11 o'clock, I'll come back to it. But man, I believe this. I really do. I believe this. And I am excited about your fight that is fixed. I was going to wrap it up with Daniel and all the things of Daniel, the details of Daniel. But I just want to give you some hope today. How are we? Uh, how are we? Are we five away? Okay, let's go for it. You guys ready? I'm sorry. Bad management of time. I'm sorry. We, thank you for your time. I will not waste it. Here we go. God created the visible and the invisible. So we have heaven, we have earth. But then there's another realm called the firmament. And we'll go through this super fast. Bible says an expanse between the two. There's heaven and there's earth. Sometimes heaven, heaven, heaven is like the heavens and then the heavens. And John was like ascended into the third heaven. That's heaven, heaven. Okay? All of this is in Genesis 1. We, we might break it down another week. But because of time, we're going to keep moving. Okay? So after everything God created, he said, it's good. Literally, everything except for man. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. He got to the firmament. Man in the firmament. When he created the firmament, he said, it is so. It's good, it's good, it's good. I'm God, I'm good. I mean, it's good. He got to the firmament. He said, it's so. It's the only thing 
in all creation, he didn't bless with his word right after he made it. Almost everything else he blessed, it's good, it's good, it's good. I did this on this day, and it was good. I did this on this day, it's good, 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 good. He created an expanse between the heavens and the earth called the firmament, and he said, it is so. And then he moved on. Back in Daniel, the angel said, God sent me with an answer for you the moment you prayed it. Mark eleven twenty four. I love this verse. When you pray, believe you have received it. Not when you think it happens. Not when you think it will come. But when you pray, believe you have received it and you will have it. You shall have it. Are you guys with me? Mark eleven twenty four. 24 is one of my favorites. Here we are. Believe you've received it. When you pray, when you pray, when you pray. Not, not when it seems to be working. Not when you, all the things align. You went to the doctors and you got a good report. No. When you pray, believe you have received it and you shall have it. So when do you believe you received it? Not when you get it, but when you pray. So this story bears that New Testament truth from Daniel. Daniel, the day you prayed, when you prayed, God sent me because you believed it. God answered your prayer the moment you prayed it. When you pray, believe you receive it, and you will have it. I want to tell you, no matter what you think about God, God is not a mean God. Watching you suffer with no care and no empathy, like, ah, oh, look at them. They're praying. Well, how pathetic. Maybe if they beg me a little bit longer, I'll give them what they need. He's not making you beg for it. So God sent the answer immediately. But in the middle, there was a tussle. In the middle, there was a wrestle. Are you catching this? The firmament, heavens, earth, firmament in between, the expanse in between, is the place of conflict. Because the devil is not in hell. Makes for good preaching. I curse all the devils and the demons in hell. They're not there. It's nice preaching, but it's, it's not powerful. Okay? Ephesians 2, verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the... Where's that air? It's in the firmament. The spirit who knows how to work with the sons of disobedience. That's another lesson for another day, but I just want you to catch, where is it? Where's the devil? He's in the rulers of the air. Air. It's not heaven, that's for sure. And it's not earth. They do roam around here sometimes, but only when they have permission. The firmament in the middle. So God sent it, but when it hit the firmament in the middle, there was tremendous conflict, Daniel. So much so that God had to send Michael in the middle. <laughs> To come and help me with a little extra oomph. Michael's a man. We're going to call him Mike. Mike. I want to be like Mike. Okay, you can't be him. He's an angel, and you're a human. Then it's better this way. They're above us for a little bit, but the Bible says there will be a time where we are above them. Does that make sense? We have the ability to transcend what they do. So there's so much wrestle. God had to send Mike to get me loose from this other principality. In other words, Daniel, there was resistance to your prayer being answered. I want you to know there's resistance to your prayers being answered. Your enemy does not want your prayers answered because he wants you to lose heart and think that your God is a giant meanie bikini who does not care about you. But Daniel said, I will not lose heart. I will fix my focus. And he prayed for three weeks straight. It's not the time frame. It's until it happens. Sometimes people ask, if you pray more than once, doesn't that mean, pastor, that you don't have any faith? And this answers that question. God answered you the moment you pray. I believe it, and I receive it. You believe you receive it the moment you pray. So every prayer after your first one is not getting God to answer it. He already did. It's releasing your angels to win the wrestle, which I don't think we do very often. 
First prayer, God answers it. Second, third, fourth, 15th, 75, 125th prayer, you're releasing angels to win in the middle. The wrestle in the middle. That's why you can't faint. That's why you can't lose heart. That's why in your prayer life, you need to push through. And that's why Daniel didn't stop praying after the first two and a half weeks. After 20 days, he didn't quit praying. After 19, he was, I will pray because I'm not just releasing God. No, God released. I'm releasing. I'm empowering, enabling. I'm administering my angels. And then I'm assisting them with my prayers. What's the name of this talk that we're having? Assigning them and assisting them. Assigning them and assisting them. Because when God says your answer, it moves through a great place of conflict. And the big question is, is God good or isn't he? Is God able or isn't he? The first question in the garden, is God really that good? And didn't he say, isn't he withholding something from you? I say, hell can no. No, he's, he is good. I don't need to eat of this. I don't need to eat this depression. I don't need to eat this discouragement. I'm not going to eat this lie. I'm not going to eat what feels real. I'm going to feed something greater. I'm going to fix my focus. Look at Daniel's spirit, a spirit of excellence, wholeheartedness inside of me. I'm going to say, oh my God, I will pursue. I will persist. I will push through. I'll be the most stubborn angel, releaser, and assister in the world. I am going to see God move in my life. So I want you to get this. My first prayer, move God. Every one of my prayers after that, God moves through my angels. I make moves with my angels. You getting that? Can we go back one more slide? I just want to see that one more time. Let's just say it one more time. You guys get this. My first prayer, move God. Every one of my prayers after that gave moves to my angels. I'm giving moves to my angels. You know what you can do? You give your, you give your angel a new move, a wrestling move. Or, or you, just, you ever see those tag teams in Nacho Libre? Just tag in Michael for a second. What, what's your 15th prayer doing? Tagging in Michael. Because this guy's getting beat up and wrestled with. And, I'm going to tag team with, with Michael for a minute. I'm giving him a new move and a break for a second. I'm giving my angel a break, and I'm, I'm going to bring in Michael. That, so my first prayer moves God. My, my second, third, 15th, 150th prayer gives new moves to my angel because he doesn't know the full Nelson until I release him into the full Nelson. He doesn't know the backslammer. i got to learn some wrestling terms. I don't know them. i got to invest in this series more, but you know what I'm saying. I, I, can't, I can't do the new moves. I can't release the new moves until... I empower him to make new moves. This is a great wrestling match. Psalms 103. Release those angels. Go, you who excel in strength, and do the word, because the Bible says they respond to the voice of the word of God. So God answers the prayers. The other prayers move the angels through the conflict. Answered prayers in the Bible usually are accompanied by angelic visitations. It was a messenger that brought the prayer to Daniel. And we must understand together God heard you the first time. You don't need to ask, God, do you hear me? Don't you care? Don't you love me? Don't you hear me? Don't you hear me? No, God heard you the first time. He's not deaf, and he's not slow, and he's not weak. He answers right away. But how many of you have had a thousand unanswered prayers caught up in conflict, wrapped up in a wrestle, and you never fought right? Because you quit praying, and you never engage your angels to move on your behalf. I want to be those people. Come on. Let's, let's agree. Angels go. Excel in strength. 
heeding the voice of the one who speaks the word of God. That's you and that's me, people of hope. Go ahead, give them a shout of praise if you believe it today. Come on.